Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Hey, hey, we are back with a super fresh, juicy episode that you guys are going to love. At least I feel like 98.9% confident based on the downloads the last time I had this person on. Uh, you all are very familiar by now with my friend and work wife, Joe Incarnacion. She has become the official, unofficial co-host of Nothing Confidential Podcast. (laughs) We'll get back to y'all maybe early next year with some, uh, some formal changes regarding that. Is that foreshadowing or is it not? You'll never know. Either way, Jo is a dynamo. I'm obsessed with her. If you guys have been living under a rock and you don't know who she is, check her out at GoJoFit. Nope, GoFitJoe. Go Fit Joe on Instagram. <laughs> Go Fit Joe on Instagram, where you will learn that she is a brilliant woman. She is also a sex coach. She is a mother. She is a pleasure activist. She is a powerhouse. I love our conversations so much that we decided to share them semi-regularly with you. We also decided that it was appropriate to open up our sex coaching expertise to answer listener questions. So we have done uh, one other episode Q&A style where we took a lot of questions from our audiences on Instagram about all things uh, sex and motherhood, polyamory, sex toys, relationships, long-distance relationships, the full gambit. And you guys loved it so much that we decided to continue on with that this week. So this is another packed episode brimming with juicy questions about all of the things. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you guys need to know. There definitely is. Our little show has been downloaded almost 10,000 times, you guys, and we are in the 10th month of this year. And for those of you who had no clue, that was a personal, I felt like it was a lofty dream when I launched this podcast a couple of weeks into the new year and literally three weeks before I gave birth to a human child, I really wanted to hit 10,000 downloads this year. And we're almost there. We are like maybe 400 downloads away. So if you love this show, would you do me the biggest kindness and share, 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 Share this with friends and family, uh, those who are not going to pass over and have a cardiac episode upon hearing um, sexual conversation. But would you share? Would you pass it on? Would you uh, comment? Would you leave a review, a five-star review? Would you write a couple of words if it's touched you or entertained you or empowered you or educated you? And uh, help us hit that 10,000 download goal. That is, it's huge. It feels so magical and gratifying. And I am so humbled that these conversations have reached so many ears. And I hope to quickly double that in the coming year. So could not have done that without each and every one of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right. We're going to jump into the episode. 
but not before a quick note from this week's sponsor. This week's episode of Nothing Confidential, the podcast, is brought to you by my latest offering, Sacred Slut School. This offering is a whimsical dark horse whose sacred task is to carry you into the depths of your erotic shadow, unleash your inner slut, and reclaim the juicy, unapologetic, dazzling, primal creatrix who has always been alive in you. The expansive six-month container provides us the space and time to get deliciously micro when examining what it means to be a truly embodied sexual woman who is no longer afraid of drawing on that erotic energy as a primary source of power. The abundant timeframe also allows for rich, sustainable integration of the modalities, practices, and impartations you will receive. That's what I wrote. On a personal note, I am calling in women who are tired of playing small, who are tired of watering down their sexuality, of shrinking, of folding, of making themselves take up less space than they were designed to take up. We have societally been conditioned, especially if we came out swinging, uh, connected to our sexuality, if we were overly sensual as young people, we were slut-shamed. We were told that that was undesirable, that guys like to have a good time with girls like that, but they never married those girls or had children with them. There are so many damaging stories around women who are truly embodied in their sexual power. And I designed this course to help you see that your sexuality is a gift and the source, the source of your life force and creativity. It is not a weapon. It is not a curse. So join me on this epic journey the description, which I just read to you, is on my website, kristenhenke.com, along with fully transparent pricing, you guys. This is a six-month intensive course. It is a big girl commitment of time and money. Custom payment plans are available, and I am only offering this two times per year. So I am currently enrolling for the fall semester right now. We are going to start on October 27th, so that's coming up in just a few short weeks. If this hit a chord, if this sounds like something that could potentially be for you, if you are someone who has struggled with shutting down your sexuality because of shaming in the past, because of being discouraged in your expression or how just how you showed up in the world, if that is something that needs to be healed in you, if you are looking to reclaim that power, reclaim that confidence, reclaim that erotic, passionate, vibrant, bodacious energy, then I'm inviting you to come along. This is unorthodox. It is my passion project. It is my current magnum opus. I am pouring so much personal love and attention into this course. And I cannot wait to meet you, to talk about you, to talk about you. Yeah. To talk about you and where you're at and your life and see if this is going to be a good fit for you. And as always, I promise to not let you sign up for something that is not a good fit. So there is nothing to lose. Go to the website, kristenhinky.com under offerings, check it out, see how it feels. And if you have questions or even if you feel a little intimidated, but you want to know more, please reach out to me, you guys. This is so, what is the word I'm looking for? It's so casual. I know it can be a little weird, especially uh, in this time of the internet where you don't really know who you're talking to. You guys, I mean, you pretty much know me. If you follow me on Instagram or listen to this podcast, you know a fuck ton about me (laughs) and I am willing to share even more. So send me a DM on Instagram if you are interested in talking more about Sacred Slut School, and let's hop on a call. We can get on a FaceTime call. We can jump on a Zoom video call. I highly encourage you to wear your comfiest sweats, grab a coffee or a glass of wine, depending on the time of day, or if you live in France or not. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I can't wait to connect with you. This is my heart. This is my joy and my honor and a privilege to do this work and to hold and support women in this way. All right, on to the episode. 
Hi guys, it's Kristen. Hey, it's Joe. If you don't know me, I am the, well, the official roommate that now just <laughs> and nothing confidential. Yes, my, uh, I know it doesn't even feel right to call you. I've been calling you the unofficial co-host and I'm like, there is nothing, um, <laughs> professional about it. However, the officiality of it, I feel is pretty deep. So yeah. Yeah. you're, she's here one way or I'm the here. other, as we were saying, perhaps she is living here rent free, but turning <laughs> tricks and, <laughs> and revealing wine. <laughs> yes. Yes. What I do best. What I do best. Oh, well, thanks for always being here. Now, <laughs> I love it. I love I it so love much. Being here, so fun, so fun hanging out in this little space of yours. Yeah, it's so you know, it's really become our space. So I'm just this happy. I'm happy to share this space with you. It's just magical. The energy, like I get so jazzed when I know that we're gonna sit down and record a conversation. <laughs> oh. It just gives me so much life. Or as yeah. my friend Ryan says, life has been given to me this day. <laughs> That's mm. an amazing little, little saying. Little quip. I need to, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to say that after. It's like when orgasm. you have a really good orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, life <laughs> has been given to me this day. I am alive. Let's get this going. <laughs> yes. Let's get this going. So if you guys missed our first Q&A style wine in hand uh, recorded debauchery from a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely go back and check it out. It was magical, but basically we put it out to the interwebs uh, yeah. for both of our communities. And we just said, Hey, if you had two friends who were moms and sex coaches and freaks between the sheets, um, and you had questions that you would want us to answer while just hanging out, what would they be? And you guys sent us a ton of awesome questions. Mm-hmm. And if anyone, I was going to say, if anyone podcasts or listens to podcasts, it is hard to get through questions when you are actually having quality conversation around them. So we tend to hit on three to four questions during a session. So we knew we were going to have to come back, have multiple segments, potentially make it a uh, semi-perm segment. We will, we will see. The downloads told me that you guys loved it last time. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to come back with more questions and a lot more, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in the like dating phase, right? Mm-hmm, like we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of just trying to figure out like, is this going to work long-term? Yeah. What do we need to actually have to make this Do work we long-term? share the same values? Right. Right. But, do we both know, like butt stuff as uh, you know? Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Joe has like six butt plugs sitting out right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, maybe should we I should take... just dive into the toys section of maybe the Maybe we should. <laughs> should we take one or all of these to my trip to meet my partner's mother? <laughs> Real life, real life. Guys. Oh, oh my god, that was actually an amazing packing situation. I was like, "Holy shit!" I bring all the things, and I'm like, "So good." I am not gonna have time for this, but you know what? I also don't know which ones I want to play with, so I'm bringing, I'm bringing my favorites. It's like the outfit debauchery. Like, do you get on and you? I don't know. Why I said debauchery because I've had three <laughs> sips of wine. I'm like debacle is what I was looking for. It's not debauchery yet, but it will be, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're like, well, I just, I need options. Except for, for us, we just bring three piece black, uh, athleisure and then bring all of our sex toys. I mean, pretty much. I I can't wait for the day that TSA is like, ma'am, excuse me, we need to search your bag. And I should just be like, those are all sanitized and clean. So don't touch them with your grubby mitts. Oh, speaking of toys. Speaking Speaking of toys. Yeah. I think toys are at the bottom of our handy dandy Uh, sheet. So let's just scroll down. And I think I posed one last time. So you just find the one that speaks to you and go right there. This one, you know what? I I love like having conversations around sex toys and vibrators and all that stuff, because I know for myself historically, I mean, in the past, I had my own little hangups about using them. I used to think like, something was wrong with me for using a vibrator. And so this often comes up in conversations on Instagram for me. And I know it often comes up in, in, in the containers that I coach with. And so this particular question is, you want to explore the world of pleasure toys, but you have a live-in partner and you're not sure where they stand on that or how to bring it up. Hell, even what kinds are good, work best, all the stuff. What tips do you have? What tips do you have for all of that? All so, of them. Okay. <laughs> Break it down really quick. This, this person has a living partner. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to communicate whether or not their partner is into toys or even how to bring it up. And then also what kind of toys are the good ones work best and all the other kind of stuff. 
All right. Do you want my hot take? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want my quick hot, hot take? Cause I know you're going to have a lot. You're going to have a lot to say about this. So I'm gonna give you What's my hot, hot take? take. Yeah. <laughs> the hot take is this. So I will share uh, my, my personal experience, which is always you know, the sturdiest thing I can do for you guys. And that's that when I got together with my now husband, Mike, we, there were no sex toys at first. Cause there was just that like amazing young tw- early 20 connection and horniness. And it was great. We didn't need a lot of extra stuff. Everything was great. So we'd been together for two-ish years maybe when I decided to just, just bring in one, <laughs> just decided mm. to bring it in. Did, we did not have a conversation about it. I was out, I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks fun. And I bought it and I just brought it home and I was like, Hey, and I showed it to him. Well, the first thing I bought a butt plug, like a starter butt plug and I bought a vibrating cock ring. Mm. So I presented both items and he looked terror stricken. Like his face went ashen, like he'd seen a ghost. <laughs> and he said, which of those are for me and what do they do? <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, the butt plug is for me. I was going to try it, but I figured that was a no-go. Um, but the cock ring is definitely for you. And so we, you know, there was, it was a very, um, there wasn't a ton of conversation. We just kind of jumped into it, but he knew that I was an incredibly sexual person. Like, I don't think he was shocked by the fact that I brought the toys in. I think he was just, who, who are you using these on? And do you expect me to do something with them? And that kind of thing. So that, you know, it was cool at first. And then as I began to really enjoy them and I wanted to see what else was available, what else could we bring in? I noticed that he started to show signs of resistance and kind of became less enthused about sex if I brought Mm. up, you know, playing with toys, taking out toys. And it came out that, and this is very common, I want to let you guys know, very, very common. It came out that he had this belief that if we quote unquote needed toys in the bedroom, that somehow that equated to him not being adequate as a lover that he was not doing a good enough job, that I was not receiving enough pleasure. If I needed something in addition to him and his penis, and this is such a patriarchal condition situation. Um, but that is, that is how, that is how guys are kind of raised and kind of taught. And so it's not his fault, but he definitely thought that toys meant he wasn't doing a good job. So we had patriarchal condition goes like to the women too, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, the thing about like all the shame that women go through, just like, oh my God, wait, do I need, I need, I need a vibrator also to be able to like orgasm when guys like super oh, forward. Oh, sidebar. If yeah. I need lube, something's wrong with me. If I need right. lube, like I'm not turned on enough. That was another real scenario yeah. where he thought that I was not like juicy for him because I needed to use lube. And I had to explain to him that women's bodies are cyclical and the amount of juices we have at any given time have to do with where we are on our cycle. Mm -hmm. And lube is never a bad idea. You guys, it means nothing. Like bodily hydration also. Yeah. And honestly, the only time, mostly the only time that a woman by herself is so revved up and juicy goosey that she may not need some kind of support from lube is when she is, her body is like trying to make a baby. She's like, put a baby in me. I'm going to make this feel so good. And you're not going to have an option. Like that's when it's happening. Oh yeah. All that juiciness. That is when (laughs) it's all going on there. And that is when you guys want to be the most careful. So exactly. (laughs) So anyways, yes. So all of that, all of that mixed in. So that was, that was one of the big things. The resistance was he equated toys to not being good enough and to not doing a good job. So we had to have a very, a a series of very loving conversations around which I was able to tell him like the, this is about experiencing all different types of sensation that Mm -hmm. like your penis cannot provide because it's a penis while it is a wonderful penis. Let's not get it twisted. It's wonderful, but it is not actually twisted, nor does it vibrate, nor does it have, you know, spokes or any of that stuff. I'm like, it's just, there's such a broad range of pleasure available from so many different types of sensations. And there are things that we can experience together. Like this is not something I'm not kicking you out. Like this is something that I would like for us to explore together. And so to the question asker, my little tidbit from my own marital bed would be just that, (laughs) like, that's a good way to broach the subject if you've never talked about it. So number one, you don't know that they're not into it because you have not talked about it. So don't go in thinking, oh, they're probably not going to be up for it because you don't actually know that. 
And I think just posing it as this is something that I am so curious about doing to enhance like our sex life. Like I want to explore all of these different things with you. I think it would be so hot. I think it would be so fun. And, and this is kind of what I'm thinking. And I'll let, you know, Joe give you some tips on things to start with that are not going to freak them out like right away. Cause you know, you don't bring in the like leg spreader and all of that stuff like right away. Yeah. You don't bring out the dragon dildo. Like you don't do that stuff on the first time. Um, but, but I think that was really important is when I, I made it about us and our sex life where Mm -hmm. it was, this is not about you doing a bad job. This is about me wanting to experience a lot more with you. And eventually it came around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, what I, what I love about what you shared is just the idea of like having that as a conversation and bring that up. One of the things that I actually encourage my clients to do to bring up with their partners is I have them create a want willing and hell no list. Yep. And then also a delight list, right? So the delight list can be anything pleasurable. It can literally be, and, and the delight list, I would say, put things on there that are pleasurable sexually and then non-sexual also. So things that you can put on there is like, I don't know, that you love licking mm. peanut butter off. Yeah. Or like so a scalp like, massage. Like I yeah. find a scalp massage so charged and it feels yeah. so good, but it doesn't have to be sexual. Totally. Right. So like one way to kind of invite this conversation in a very uh, like easy, easy way is have a creative date night together where you guys are just coming up with your delight list and then a wants, willings, and a hell no list or like a no way list. And both of you create this list together of things that you're willing to try, things that you don't want to try, things that you are just, you know, wanting to explore. And then also a list of things that delight you and slip that toy in there as part of the things that you want to try. And that way it brings up the conversation, but in a way that's playful, in a way that's light, in a way that doesn't feel like, hey babe, I want to go fuck with a sex toy. How do you feel about that? It's not just completely forward. And this could be like a fun, just date night activity before you actually go into the conversation of what it means to like have a toy with you in the bedroom or for solo play. Mm, Yeah. And I want to tag on to that really quickly. The container you create for this conversation and how you bring it up is everything. I think yes. we've we've hit on this a little bit before, yeah. but just knowing when to bring up something new or to offer constructive criticism, like that's really important. So if you guys are struggling and having um, difficulty communicating, having challenges in your sex life, I would not like aggressively bring up a toy because like during that time, because it's going to feel like you're trying to fix something instead of introducing something that is not about that. It's not about their inadequacy in any way. It is just something that you would really like to experience in addition to what you already have. So I think just thinking through how your partner is going to take it or how they could potentially take it and just make sure that you're being as loving and supportive as possible so that they're open to receiving it like they're more likely to receive it, which is going to be wonderful for both of you. And I love that exercise, Joe. Um, another thing that I will have people do is if it's hard for them, like if this is brand new, if this is brand yeah. new, you're like, I love the idea of having a date and doing that. But the thought of exchanging these lists or making these lists together in person, like makes me want to crawl out of my skin because we're not comfortable doing that. Make the list separately, like bring it up. Be like, this is something I would love to do with you. I heard it from a friend or on a podcast or whatever, blame it on whoever you want. And then like, let's, yeah. And I would love to try it and then fill them out on your own time in private. And then Mm -hmm. you can email them to each other. You can exchange them so that you can take them in and process the stuff on the list alone right? and have whatever reaction and make whatever faces. And then you can come together over your date and have a little wine or whatever is going to help ease the mood. And then you can talk about the stuff on there and then you can laugh about it. And it just kind of takes the pressure off. So if it's uncomfortable to think about having that conversation in real time right now, there are definitely things you can do to to ease your way into it. I love a good email. Just put it out safe for work. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then I also think like, if this is something that you're wanting to do to explore for yourself, sans partner, then really, you know, I mean, take, take control of your pleasure, take control of it and be honest about it and just say, Hey, this is something that I want to do for me. 
It has nothing to do with what you're not providing, but it's something that I want to explore within myself. I want to find out what makes me tick. I want to find out what brings me pleasure. I want to find out what brings me joy. I want to find out what feels good in my body so that I can communicate what feels good to me to you. And when you position it that way, it allows for your live-in partner to have some ease of like, okay, you know what? My, my partner is taking responsibility for her pleasure which actually then means at the end of the day, your partner won't have to think so hard to figure out what to do to please you. So it really is a win-win situation. Oh, they it is win every all time. about- <laughs> You're like, I'm handing you the keys to the fricking kingdom. Like right. that is a win. And I could not have said that better. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just about, it's all about how you frame it. It's all about how you have that conversation. Now, in terms of like what kinds of toys are good and work best, good starters, <laughs> the good, you know, one of the, one of the best starter toys that I think is, is like the good old traditional bullet. Yep. Like a is a vibe. really great vibrator. Um, one that comes to mind right now is, uh, from two different brands, Crave makes an awesome little, like, I, I like, I personally, my pussy's a little bougie. So like all my, all my toys. not a surprise to anyone. <laughs> all my toys will either be rose gold or black or like gold. So like Crave makes this really beautiful, just traditional gold bullet that I really love. And then Lawand, another favorite brand of mine, makes another small, um, bullet that's called the grande bullet and it's perfect for you know just clitoral stimulation and so i think like if you're if you're wanting to explore toys for the first time and it's new you're looking for a good starter i would go personally like start off with something that's just clitoral stimulation because you can use that toy for vibration on any other part of your body also mm -hmm. like it's not just meant for your pussy or your clit you can actually use it to massage certain kinks out or whatever the case is obviously clean it after you use it on your pussy before you use it on your face, but you know, right. you get the deal. <laughs> and then I think too, like, you know, another kind of step up from there, if you're wanting to try something a little bit more is get a vibrator that is, you know, similar to the good old rabbit that mm -hmm. has a clitoral stimulator internal on the outside and internal, and internal yeah. just to play with. And those would kind of give you like a, a way to explore what it feels like to have something that penetrates you plus stimulates you on the outside prior to inviting your partner for play. Yeah. And that could be really two good choices. And then the other things like, I know Kristen, we were just pulling this out prior to our call, but, <laughs> um, I, I love a good crystal pleasure mm, one. Me too. Ugh. There's, there's something about them. And, and I know they're super intimidating for a lot of people because they're hard. They're not silicone. They don't, they don't have that same give, but, Ugh, but they're smooth and they're beautiful oh, and they adapt yeah. to body temperature. So they're mm. nice and cool at first. And then they get mm. warm and they like you mm. hit different like pressure points and, oh, mm. they're I'm just magic. dreaming about I it. Know. Yeah. They're and magic. So I, I they're sacred. They kind of bring that like yeah. spiritual connection into sex. If you want to get in there. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, one of the things that, that when I first, when I first bought myself, my first pleasure wand, I remember like there was just such a sacred connection to it that I almost had a hard time inviting a partner to play with me with that. Like the pleasure wand for me is something that I want to use when I want to really deeply connect with myself and my body and my own sensuality. And so that is another great kind of toy to yeah. have. And I off. actually, I think that that's really beautiful. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, in fact, I am very pro having a sacred set of tools that are just for you Same. that have nothing to do with your partnership. We talk all the time about the two sexual relationships that you have, the one with your partner and the one with mm -hmm. yourself, the one with yourself being the most important. And so having things that are ordained just for that time, just for you that don't carry the energy or the dynamics or the expectation of your partnered sexual encounters. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 On to the next. Do we feel complete? Okay. I think so. <laughs> okay. Do you guys feel complete? All right. Let's roll on up. I love to support. We love to support our moms because mm. trying to keep your sexual shit together while momming can be really challenging. So want to dive in with a mom question. She says, how do you find time, space, 
and privacy for self-pleasure when there are others and maybe littles in your house, caps, all of the <laughs> time. I have a good, better, best for this. <laughs> you know, this is really, uh, I mean, okay, so my daughters are 10 and 16. And about two years ago, I really got into a ritual self-pleasure practice where I knew it needed to be part of my weekly routine, if not daily, if not every other day. And for me, self-pleasure isn't just about um, touching myself for an orgasm. And it's not about connecting to my pussy or my vulva or my sacral area. It's, it's really about just providing my body pleasure. And that can sometimes mean touching my hair. That can sometimes mean just touching my arms gracefully. That can mean like luxuriating in body oil for me. And so, you know, at one point the girls were constantly, I mean, well, they're home now because of the pandemic. So one of the things that I've honestly done is scheduled out time for just mommy break time. And I've said, I'm going to be going upstairs and closing the room, uh, closing the door to my room. Do not come into the room, please. Like, let me just have my alone time and I will be ready when I come outside. <laughs> and that actually has provided them some boundaries around it. And I mean, maybe this is just me and this is the kind of line of work that I do, obviously as a sexual empowerment coach, but you know, my kids know that self-pleasure, like self-pleasure is part of my practice, like my self-care practice. And so in my house, toys are sometimes out, lube is sometimes out, and it's not a hidden thing. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, this is part of me and I've, I've, I've got to go do me. So that's how... That's how it, that that's how it works in my yeah. place, but yeah. it's, it's taken some time to get there. Cause I remember in the beginning I was like, oh shit, I feel guilty for wanting to take this time for myself. And then it was like, but why? Cause I just want to lay around in bed and just kind of get into it with myself. My kids get to go and do their own little timeout time for privacy time. Why can't I do the same? Yeah. Well, and self-pleasure goes under the heading of self-care and resourcing. Mm -hmm. And yep. so like, these are things that we need in order to show up as our best selves for our children. So it is important that it gets prioritized. And Joe, I love what you're sharing about how basically in your household, pleasure and sexual pleasure, like that has been normalized in the home. So the girls who are older, and so we'll, yeah. you know, asterisk by that, the girls are older. And so you're able to have these conversations. You've had a lot of pre-conversations like leading into this mm -hmm. and you really built that foundation. And so that's wonderful. Uh, the way that this question was worded, I feel like this littles. person has little kids. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to definitely to speak littles. to that. Yes. To the littles. Um, so, I mean, my kid is just now starting. She walks, she's walking now at eight months, which is devastating as a mother. That's devastating, but also go James. She's so, she's so excited and so advanced and magical and wonderful and good for her. Uh, but she, you know, I'm like constantly thinking about these things and thinking about the conversations that will enable the ongoing conversation that will enable that beautiful sense of normalcy and holisticness when it comes to these conversations and being with ourselves and, and having sacred space for ourselves. But I'm also going to give you something really fucking practical because when you have people in your house all the time and tiny children who don't understand the boundary of like, don't come in the room. They're like, okay, mommy. And three seconds later, bang, 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 boof. And the door is open and there they are. And you got your legs spread and your crystal wand and like, it's a whole thing. So <laughs> I, I just have an image of that whole situation. And you know, it's really funny. I had an image of it, of you in that whole situation. And like, it actually doesn't gross me out. I'm just like laughing about it. Cause I'm like, yeah. Huh. I'd, be like, if, I'd be like, if you're confused by what you're seeing, that's because this is not age appropriate. And uh, <laughs> this is why mommy said to not come into the room. So we'll talk about this later <laughs> and I will see counsel and see if I need to bring in a therapist. Or something. <gasps> uh, I'll be looking for signs that we need to process this, <laughs> metabolize it. No. So I have a, I have a good, better, best, very practical way to have time and privacy for self-pleasure. Good is do it in the shower. Someone is watching the kids. Something is going on when you're in the shower. Like make sure that that shower time, whether it is five or 10 minutes, you have that time in the shower by yourself. So get someone to watch that child, put them in a playpen, do whatever you need to do. Make sure they are obviously safe and then go into your bathroom and spend five to 10 minutes in your shower 
like Joe was saying, doesn't even, it doesn't always have to end in a climax either. Just mm-hmm. connecting to your own body and, and, and connecting with all of your senses. Use a beautiful soap that smells good. Use a shampoo that makes your hair feel wonderful. Spend a couple minutes on your scalp. Spend a couple minutes massaging that K1 point, but right in the middle of the ball of your foot. Just don't fall. Mm-hmm. Use a chair or a non-slip mat, okay? Um, be safe. Grab a vibrator. Take it into the shower with you. It can be efficient. It doesn't have to be drawn out. Like a lot of people with little kids don't have the time to do a beautiful kind of ritualistic self-care practice. And that's okay. Like we have to catch it when we can and where we can. And so the shower isn't easy. It's an easy go-to. There is a door with a lock, like use it. The, Mm -hmm. the, the better option would be to have a partner, mother, helper, sister, somebody take the kids out of the house for an hour. Just be like, can you take them down the street to the park? Can you take them to do Mm. this? Can you take them out of the house, get them out and know that you're going to have that time to light a candle, go into a room with the least amount of clutter, dishes, et cetera, et cetera. And like spend that time on yourself. Now, the key to this though, is once they leave, this is not the time for you to catch up on work and reading and all the things like you have to prioritize this. So when you do get that pocket of time, you need to use it for this. Uh, and then best, the best option is if you have the means and you have a supportive partner who can totally handle it, let them hold down the fort and go treat yourself out for a freaking mm-hmm. night. Like go get an Airbnb by yourself, go to a hotel room down the street. Like you don't have to be far away, but like get a glass of bubbly, bucha, whatever, like get that, bring a toy if you want it, bring oils if you want it, candles, take a long bath. Again, orgasm doesn't have to happen, but that would be a great time to explore and do all the things. But just treat yourself, like be alone, be with you, be in the bathtub, languish about, wear a robe, like don't wear underwear, don't touch a bra until you have to go home. Like just really fucking enjoy yourself. And Mm -hmm. at this stage, I would say, I don't need that as frequently. It's just important that I get it. So, yeah. so if it's once a month, like it doesn't have to be something all the time. Cause I know that doesn't feel realistic, but if you can do it once a month or every other month, like it's amazing how resourced you feel after you have taken that like 10 minutes in the shower or that hour with help or left for just a little bit. It's mm-hmm. so fucking important. Yeah. And you know, I love that you mentioned that because the other thing I was going to say is like schedule that date time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you can have that, oh, I, I mean, it's, and it's funny because although my kids are older, I think to myself, like, you know, they're, they're older and they actually, they're, they need less in the physical sense, but they need more in the emotional sense. Yeah, the presence. So, like you have yeah. to be looking at them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So while yes, they're older, I can actually have that because I've, I've developed that kind of household. It's also like, Oh my God, by the time that I get to that point where I can't, I'm like, I am just too fucking tired. Like, for am this. I even interested? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say too, like, you know, in, in terms of our sexuality, just also remember we have seasons. There might, you might be going through a winter season. You might be going through a spring season. You might have like a fall season and a summer season. And just like the season of the earth, our sexuality is also chimed into that. So if you're, for whatever reason, feeling like it's a winter season, just honor it too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to make something happen. Like we got enough stuff on our plates. Like don't, yeah, don't add pressure to anything else. But if it's something you are missing, like you're missing it, not someone's telling you that they're missing it. It's not, not like a pressure thing. Like if you're missing that connection to yourself, that is when we really encourage you with so much love and all of the support that we can offer to prioritize that. I think the last thing I was going to say is that I, I don't have multiples, which is helpful. I only have one child and Mm. she is young enough that she still naps. So guess what? (laughs) That's when I get my time. (laughs) And I have, I mean, Joe knows, I'll be like, I have not had any time to resource today. So our meeting, uh, I'm going to need to push (laughs) because I need to resource myself. It's a beautiful part about our friendship. She is sleeping and I got to take this time for me right now. (laughs) I think it's one of the most beautiful parts of our friendship. We can actually just say to each other, like, uh, we don't have time for each other right now. I love (sighs) you. But it's okay. Yeah. But I love you in your face (laughs) and we're going to have time soon. We will prioritize it. We'll meet up for the podcast. Yeah. All right. You want to just like Russian roulette scroll and see what you find? Yeah. You know what? I actually, I was having a conversation with somebody around ethical non-monogamy. So let's just dip yeah. into a poly into question. Dip into the poly. 
If you're in a poly relationship, how do you bring that sexual energy and glow from one partner back to your primary partner while being sensitive to everyone's feelings? Hmm. hmm. I guess I'll answer that one. Um, Please so do. I am in a polyamorous relationship and I have been with my primary partner for 18 years now and my secondary partner for two years. And so, you know, in the beginning, that was actually a really hard thing for my primary partner to recognize was me being able to bring back that energy. But for me, like what I really, really felt deep inside of myself was super activated with my sexual energy with my second partner. And I had the ability to bring that back into my primary relationship because of how much NRE was going on inside of me. And so NRE is new relationship energy. And basically that happens in the first two years of any relationship. And what's happening in the body is your body is being pumped with so many feel good hormones from oxytocin, serotonin, neuronephrine, and all the other just fucking feel good hormones. So you're magically in love, you're magically stimulated, and you bring that back into your primary relationship. Now, how to bring that back? I think it's a conscious thing. You have to be conscious and intentional about bringing that energy back so that it's also in an abundant field and energy loop for everyone. And like I always say, like, you know, sex is, sex and love is abundant. We just put this idea around it that it's not and that it has to be a limited factor because of, I mean, dare I say it, but patriarchal like perspectives of what relationships are mm. and also like compulsive monogamy, which we've all been pretty much conditioned to believe that that's the only way to have relationships because it's not until like what the last maybe... 10 or so years, even though polyamory and non-monogamy have been around for so long, but the last 10 years where we've been able to talk about it in a much more open way yeah. and seeing examples of it that is healthier, that is consensual. And a lot more people are talking about it without shame. So in terms of how consciousness, intentionality, and you know, just reminding yourself that your primary partnership, if the goal is to stay in that primary partnership is your primary partner. Now, in terms of being sensitive to everyone's feelings, I mean, hopefully like when you're exploring polyamory, that everybody's in a place where they have a really strong sense of self and independence because polyamory and non-monogamy really won't work uh, as well if the partners, if everyone involved does not have a strong sense of self and strong lines of communication. So people are going to get sensitive no matter what. It's going to be how can everybody actually have the conversation when feelings do come up? I love that. And I actually want to draw some parallels um, yeah. for those, if this is your first show ever joining us. I am in a conscious monogamous relationship with my husband, partner of seven years, and I am always always inspired and always taking lessons from my poly friends. Like how do some of these principles and some of these, um, perspectives, how can I use that to benefit my own relationship and the choice that I've made in the structure of my relationship? And so for those of you who aren't poly, a couple of things that Joe just said completely apply to you as well. And that's that if all people involved, whether that's more than two or two are not, present in their own wholeness and their own sovereignty are not like in control of their own shit, then stuff is not going to be great. And that applies. That applies no matter how many partners you have. Um, and having a clear line of communication that could not matter more. It does not matter how many partners you have. Yeah. The other thing that I would love to highlight is that the principle of drawing this beautiful energy from other connections, from other relationships, from other intimate connection and bringing it back into your primary relationship. There are ways that you can do that that aren't romantic, but you mm -hmm. can still, as a member of a monogamous partnership, you, I think it's vital that we get 
different things from different people. Like our partnership, the reason that monogamous partnerships have such a hard time is that we have been taught and conditioned that like that one person, you marry them Mm -hmm. and they are responsible for fucking everything. They're supposed to be your best friend. They're supposed to be your confidant. They're supposed to keep you safe. They're supposed to be your workout buddy. They're supposed to be your coach. They're supposed to be your therapist. They're also supposed to fuck you and do a good job. Like there's no way. And then you have to look fucking good. There's no way that's not, that is setting everyone up for failure. Mm -hmm. And that's why like, I am very conscious about this in my relationships. Like Mm -hmm. I have deeply intimate, emotionally connected relationships with the friends in my life, with the people that I call friends who are in my inner circle. And I am inspired and resourced and supported and energized by them. And I bring that shit back into my Mm -hmm. marriage so that I am not taking fucking everything from Mike and leaving him like dry and shriveled up at the end of the day. And so I just, I want to share that because I think people, I mean, one of two things happen. Either Polly makes you like really uncomfortable, which is cool. We invite like curiosity, sit with the sensation of discomfort and, and allow curiosity to be the guide. Ask why, like, why are you uncomfortable? What's making you uncomfortable? And let's like follow that all the way down the fucking rabbit hole. But then the other thing is I think the other side looks at Polly and they're like, oh, well shit, I like spent my whole life being conditioned this way. And maybe I'm already married and maybe I'm wondering if that's for me or not. And maybe the grass looks greener on the other side with more lovers. And what I am here to tell you is that if you're not practicing the principles that Joe just touched on about being totally sovereign, completely tuned in with yourself, and also a very clear communicator of boundaries and emotions, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which situation you're in. None of it's going to work. Right. Right. 1000%. And I think the biggest like takeaway in that is you know, for me and my polyamorous relationships and any of my partners, I practice radical honesty and radical transparency. Mm. And that is a big, big tent for me. And so, you know, it's in terms of that, that in, in terms of being sensitive to everyone's feelings, like, God, this sounds like such an asshole thing to say, but I am not responsible for someone else's feelings. Yeah. I'm just yeah. not. I, 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 I know that there is going to be some, there is some responsibility. I will take the responsibility and take ownership if there's something there for me. However, I'm not responsible for anyone's happiness. They're responsible for that. I can support their happiness. I can support the happiness of my partner. And this goes in any kind of relationship, right? Like, like you said, monogamous or not monogamous, but it's really, really important that if, if anyone here is, has a desire to explore non-monogamy or has a desire to explore polyamory, be honest with yourself first, first and foremost, and then be honest with your partner as much as you possibly can and have those conversations when things come up, but also suspend as much of your processing if you possibly can for yourself first before inviting your partner in to process whatever's going on. So try to like figure out what is it that I'm being sensitive about in this moment? Am I being, am I, is there jealousy? Is that, is that, is that, is that something I'm experiencing? Is there a comparison? Is that something I'm experiencing? Process that first, like maybe about two thirds of the way and then invite your partner in to process the rest of it. And I think that would be a really great way to be sensitive to everyone's feelings who are involved just because then it gives them the time to like deal with their shit before you enter and mixing your own shit. You're so wise. I mean, I try. I try. I try. We've got time for maybe one more. We do. Let's look. Let's look. We're more efficient on this one. We are. We're doing great. I feel like the last one, there may have been a little pandering, but we did a we did a great too much wine. We did. We were like too deep by the time we started. Okay. This will be a fun one. And I I just feel like it will benefit uh, a broad audience. How do you find your sparkly mojo after a breakup when you have Mm. zero desire to date? Mm. Ah, Sparkly mojo. Sparkly mojo. mojo. I can start with this one. I can start this one. Um, Sparkly mojo after, so it has, you know, disclaimer, it has been a while since I've dated. (laughs) However, I mean, not true. I date my husband, (laughs) but it has been a while since I've been on the market and had to like get back on the market. Like that has hopefully fingers crossed that doesn't happen, but you know, um, but I did, you know, before that I did have 
multiple, multiple occasions going from relationship to relationship where you would finish crying your guts out to someone like you by Adele in the dark in your room for like 10 weeks straight. And then you're like, all right, Kristen, get your shit together. Like we got to go back to the gym. We got to, you know, freshen our outfit and make sure that they don't look like they were from 10 years ago. Like we need to do things. We need to make sure that we're ready to get back out there. And I think the older I have gotten, the more my answer to this is more, it's not as, it's not as personalized. It's very kind of broad in the way that I think this is what literally everyone needs to do. I think that, and you guys are going to roll your eyes and I'm sure Joe is going to have a version of the same answer. Instead of being so stressed out about like connecting to other people, this is the time to positively reconnect back to yourself and figure out what made you feel sparkly before the wind got taken out of your sails by the heartbreak, by the breakup. And if that is putting yourself in slightly uncomfortable, but energizing situations like taking a salsa class or, um, going and picking out some new clothes that make you feel really good in the body that you're in right now. Cause I know that a weird pressure that women feel is when they have been off the market for a little while, everyone gets comfortable, right? And you're like, you, the same person is seeing you naked over and over. People, you know, there, there is the comfort pounds that sometimes happen. And so something I've seen in this culture is that when women are suddenly back on the market, they freak out about their body and about someone seeing them naked after a long time. And they freak out about how they look. And so instead of going into like punishing, controlling, unhealthy behaviors of, you know, trying to whip yourself back into this ridiculous uh, societal standard of what date ready looks like. Focus on just feeling really good in your body the way that it is right now. So if you need to dress for where you are right now, figure that out. If you need some fresh hair, I will tell you to please not cut any bangs or, or don't touch, don't cut don't cut until you're done grieving the relationship. That is yeah. really important um, because I have done that many times. I have had mm. breakup bangs at least three times and I've regretted them almost as much as the person that I broke up with. So like, yeah, it's, I would love that's to hear like from all the listeners, like how many people actually got who a does that? Haircut? Who does that? Like either a weird color or, you know, like you tried something, you got a new piercing, you cut something like that. St that sticks for at least a couple months at yeah. best. So you need to just pause that, just pause that urge you will thank us later. Um, but I just, I really do. I feel like it is about you because the more you in the truest, authentic, most expressed version of yourself, the more of that girl that you can get or guy that you can get, or they, that you can get in touch with, the more you, you can get in touch with, the more sparkly you will feel. And guess mm -hmm. what? The other stuff, I know that this is like not the part that people really want to hear when they're like, oh, I just don't want to. Like you want me to tell you something like, oh girl, like get this app or do this thing. Like you want it to be really fucking easy. And it's, it's not easy. It's simple, mm -hmm. but it's not easy. But the more connected to you, you are, the more sparkly you'll feel, the more mojo you will have. And guess what? That is the energy that attracts all everything yeah. else. That is the energy that makes you want to get up and meet new people. That is the energy that makes you say yes to that friend who has a friend that they've always thought you were kind of headed off with. And you were like, no, like that is what is going to help you get out there. So my big sister advice is to reconnect back to yourself. What brings you joy? What brings you pleasure? Buy an expensive, beautiful rose gold new sex toy and get your own mojo back. And then yeah. everything else will fall in line. Joe, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love all of that. I think too, just, you know, sometimes you just have to sit in your shit and I'm all for that. I'm all for allowing yourself to kind of sit in it because one of the things that I've experienced when I've, when I've tried to find my sparkling mo mojo back after any kind of breakup or even just like a life transition, mm, yeah. any kind of life transition. And every time I've tried to find the old Joe back or, you know, this bubbly self or whatever, and I've forced it, it's always come out super authentic. And it's always come from a place of she just means inauthentic. Inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. Inauthentic. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just so you it always, guys. It always, I had another glass of wine poured for me. I know. So Chris came in and yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've always, I've always found myself like sitting in off in authenticity during those moments. And it's just like, ugh, like this feels just disgusting because I'm being inauthentic to who I am. And so I think, you know, we're, we're in this culture where we want to fix ourselves so quickly. We want to get back to a certain place so rapidly. And I think sometimes what's actually really best for our hearts, our souls, our sexual energy is to sit in that winter season 
allow yourself to actually just be in the mud after a breakup. And if you have no desire to date, honor the fact that you have no desire to date. The one last thing that I would hate for anyone to do in this moment, trying to get their sparkly mojo back after breakup is abandoning their self just because other people are saying, go out on a date. Yeah. Go out there, go on a date, stop being miserable, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry, honey. Like what if snaps, that's me snapping. (laughs) Like what if, what if, what if your inner muse, what if your sexual energy, what if your sacred slut or your sensual siren, whatever you call her inside of you is like, fuck it. I have no desire to date. I want to sit and eat ice cream and watch all the reruns of friends or whatever the fuck I want to watch on Netflix. Cinnamon toast crunch and Gilmore girls. (laughs) What if she just wants to just Mm -hmm. do that? Allow her her to do Mm -hmm. that because the worst thing that you can do for your sexual energy is to force it to happen. (sighs) No, that's good. And that brings up, that brings up another it just, just to add on like beyond this scope, cause there are probably people who are like, well, I kind of feel like that about other areas of my life. I am so on board with what you were saying about how we, we are literally conditioned to just like push through shit, make yeah. it better, just get better, just get better. It's kind of like, um, having a baby and them telling you to just bounce back. Like you just need to right. bounce back. You just need to go back to being in the body that you had somehow before you gained fucking 50 pounds with a baby, like just bounce yeah. back. Like before you knew what it was like to not sleep, like yeah. just bounce back, just bounce back. And the thing that comes up for me around this is, and even you just said, you were like, yeah, anytime I tried to get back to being old Joe, like I just couldn't guess what? Like you're not, there is Mm -hmm. no, you can't go back to being her. You're not her anymore. You're not him anymore. You're not them anymore. Like that's, that is the truth. And so whatever season, whatever relationship that has ended that you're moving through, when you come out the other side of this transition, you are a different person. Mm -hmm. And so figure out what that person wants, Mm -hmm. figure out who that person is, honor that person, celebrate that person, introduce that person to the world with flash and flame. Like really, really honor the fact that who you are that just came through this moment has birthed like the pain that you're Mm -hmm. suffering right now is birthing the newest, highest vibe version of you that has ever existed. And there are parts of her that you might not recognize because she isn't the person you were before all of this happened to you. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. That is not yeah. And you know, the question when it says, how do you find, I think the better word for that is how do you create mm, your yes. sparkly mojo? Because yes. it's not about finding it. You're not going to find it in the rubble. No, you're not going to trip it. over it. Yeah. yeah. You're also not going to find it in the ashes that you just burned from the last relationship and the identity that you yeah. just burned and killed off and mm. like just ended. You're going to create it in the new identity of yes. what you're going to be moving forward. So create that new mojo, create that sparkly new mojo and find it in whatever, or not find it, but like create it in new experiences, whatever those new experiences are and have fun with it. You might fuck up. You might fall on your feet. You might fall flat on your face a couple of times trying to figure out what is the new mojo that you've got or this new sparkly self. And that's perfectly okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's the beauty of that. And then you, you get into new dating situations where I hope, my hope for you is that you just show up as your most authentic self in that moment, whether you feel beautiful, whether you feel messy or whether you just feel like a fucking sex kitten, whatever it is, just be yourself in that moment. But to just take some time, take yeah. some time to create that. Don't rush and- into it. Yeah. And I, I just, I didn't do it before. So I just want to reiterate that I 1012% support what Joe said about sitting in the shit. Sometimes you just got to fucking like, sometimes it's not, you can't skip that part. Like there's nothing you can do to skip that part. And like going to the gym and doing your hair and doing all the things and buying new clothes and like busy work, like empty, busy work to get back out there. Like that does not do anything to support your healing. You Mm -hmm. cannot rush the grieving process and so I just, I wanted to really, yeah. to, to go, double back on that because that is really, really important. Like take, as you're listening, a listening note for you. As you're listening, <laughs> take all the shit I said and apply it directly after all the shit Joe said, even though we gave advice out of order. 
<laughs> because and both both of those are crucial, but the sitting in it, the feeling, all of the feelings, the allowance yeah. of the fact that you're fucking sad, whether that person was amazing or shitty, guess what? You were with them. So they were both. They were yeah. both amazing and shitty. So you mm -hmm. need to give yourself time to process and be grateful for what was amazing and grieve and process and forgive and release the stuff that was shitty. And mm -hmm. then you're going to be able to move on, but you won't be able to until you do that. So yeah. just needed to. Yeah. And on a practical thing, like if you want to, if, if you really want this as part of your healing journey, read about relationships and read about attachment theories and learn more about them so that you can learn how you're showing up in your future relationships and in your future dating relationships. So that way you're asking for exactly what you need yeah. and that you'll find yourself in better situations and find yourself being able to accept whatever it is that person is bringing to you. And you can accept yourself for whatever it is that you're bringing to that relationship. Mm. And if you need support while sitting in your shit and you need we someone, you. we got you. <laughs> Send us a DM. If you need someone you. to witness you in becoming the creatrix of your newest sparkling mojo, just give us a little slide on just into our DMs. Slide into okay? our DMs. We <laughs> okay. Got we got you. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.